0: Once again, back once again, back once again, back once again, back once again with a beat at the best trick. I'm Scott, thanks for checking in on the Wisdom and All Things podcast. If you think of this as being on a tour, Then I'm on the tour with you. This is my attempt at being that person on the tour that asks those interesting, insightful questions. Not that I normally do this, but for the podcast I'm going to, I need to understand and apply what it means to be wise and want to make it easier for whomever wants to join me. We continue our Wisdom in All Things special series. We're focusing on 1 Kings 1-11, through Solomon's missteps, misuses, and just plain misses. Part 3 is Walking in God's Ways. We're looking at David's charge to Solomon. David loved his son, Solomon, and wanting the very best for him, he gave his son and us the wisest counsel a person could ever give to somebody they cared about. To realize the potential of what God has called us to be, we must heed the charge that David gives his son, Solomon. That is, walk in God's ways. Perhaps one of the greatest responsibilities of our kingdom rule, if not the most significant, comes in the form of parenting is not only the length of time that we have with our children, but when in their lives that influence occurs, when they are most vulnerable and in great need of someone who will love them through the many years of development, the trying, failing, and sometimes succeeding at getting life right, a role we play until we breathe our last breath. And if we have ruled with grace and truth, we will have earned the opportunity to speak into their lives at the end of ours, just as we had at the beginning of theirs. Following the drama of a near coup, the second chapter of First Kings begins with a charge to Solomon from his father, King David. David acknowledges that he is very near the end of his life, and in his remaining moments calls his son Solomon to his side and says this, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper at all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. That's First Kings Chapter 2, verses 2-4. through four. When David says, be strong, he's saying, be man-strong. Answering the call of manhood requires the strengthening of the necessary ingredients of being a man. This isn't just about being a king, but being who we were created to be. This strength, who we are called to be, is put on display by our keeping the charge of the Lord. Not for praise or admiration, but for what it communicates and what it will accomplish. Let's first look at keeping the charge of the Lord. David was all too familiar with the consequences of going his own way. In fact, looking into Solomon's eyes, his son with Bathsheba had to remind him of where sin had taken him. At the same time, the grace with which God responded. You can hear David's agony as he confesses to God in Psalm 51, "'Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Wash me thoroughly from iniquity and cleanse me from my sin.'" And no doubt, with similar passion, he commands Solomon to walk in God's ways. This was not just current king to -to soon-to-be king, but man-to-man and father-to-son, anything but a casual conversation. You can picture David beckoning Solomon to come close. Drawing on his remaining strength, he looks his son in the eyes with a father's hope and a man's conviction. And he implores him to be more than he ever was by staying on God's narrow path. Keep the charge of the Lord. Now, walking God's ways. What exactly is meant by God's ways? David says that Solomon should keep God's statutes, commandments, rules, and testimonies. But aren't they all essentially the same thing? Why does he call out these four? First, we should understand that we're all to walk in God's ways. They should be true of us just as they should be of a king. Second, there are nuances in these terms that speak to the heart and mind, just as they do the actions we're to take. And third, they not only have to do with our reflecting Christ as an individual, but how any role, at any level, at any time, should be executed. In other words, these expectations are not reserved for a special position or person. Here's a quick look at each. Statutes. This is God's written law, the standard by which we are to measure and weigh ourselves against. Commandments are what he has called or told us to do. Rules are what God has determined to be right and wrong. Emphasis on what God has determined to be right and wrong. And lastly, testimonies. We are to bear witness to what he has borne witness to. He testifies to what is true, and we too must represent the truth. Meet all the requirements of the law, both ceremonial as well as moral, Solomon's strength as a man is to be demonstrated by the discipline of walking in God's ways as opposed to his own. So God's way is what God says in his word, what God has told us to do, what God determines to be good and evil, and that we are to stand for what God stands for. That's God's way. The result of walking in God's ways? Well, of course, there's only upside in walking in God's ways. Though the walk may be difficult, even painful, the outcomes are heaven here on earth. They're both what we might hope for, but everything this world and the people we influence desperately need. For Solomon, it meant that he would prosper in all that he does and wherever he turns. Imagine being that effective in your job or your family or whatever you choose to spend your time doing. You, as well as others, benefit when we walk in God's ways. God has determined what is right and good, and continues to communicate that to us, affirming what is true and providing the necessary markers and guardrails and signposts along that path. If we want to be truly successful, then it will only be possible when we walk accordingly. In walking in God's ways, Solomon would also ensure the fulfillment of the promise God made to David, that you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. God was telling David it was all worth it and that it would continue. Legacy can bring such deep satisfaction and be a key motivator, realizing that what God has accomplished through you will not end. At some point, the torch will be passed, and God will continue to bless those that you have cared for by multiplying your fruitfulness of faithfulness to the next generation. But David had some unfinished business for Solomon as well in his charge. What follows David's charge to Solomon to walk with God are some very specific instructions to his soon-to-be king on matters of state. Solomon's strength as a man would be tested by having to deal fatally with those that betrayed his father and king. David may have appreciated his service as a captain in his army, but Joab went against David's wishes in killing Abner and Amasa, two commanders in his army, in revenge. Not only killing in a time of peace, but the way that they killed him. There was also the incident of killing Absalom, David's other son, against his specific instructions to Joab. So David instructed Solomon to act, therefore, according to your wisdom, but do not let Joab's gray head go down to Sheol in peace. First Kings chapter 2, verse 6. There was also the issue of Shimei, who cursed David. You could call him an agitator, as he tried to stir up controversy around David and opposed his kingship. David had reason to believe that Shimei would do similarly with Solomon, and told his son that if it were the case, he was to execute him. In First Kings chapter two, verse nine, David says, "Now therefore, do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man; you will know what you ought to do to him, and you shall bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol." Isn't it great being a king? However, those that oppose God's ways and His choice for leaders will be dealt with, and severely in some cases. God keeps His promises of punishment as surely as His promises of blessing and will protect you and guide you in the role that He has called you to. Our careful obedience will yield success in what God has called us to do. We should be concerned with our legacy, not just with how we'll be remembered, but how future generations will experience the benefit or the detriment of our degree of adherence to God's ways. With his command and request made to his son, David breathes his last and is buried in the city of his namesake. Solomon is established as king. Next in the series, we'll talk a little bit about Solomon's missteps as a new king. If you'd rather read about the observations from 1 Kings chapters 1 through 11, Solomon's missteps, misuses, and just plain misses, you can do that at the blog at wisdominallthings.com. And if you sign up for the email, I'll let you know what's coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom in All Things podcast.